I am so proud to see someone sitting on the front row. Just going to say that. Thank you very much. It's not scary up here, I'm telling you. It's wonderful. Wonderful. Except when Pastor gets bitten, then it's... Okay, anyways, that's my icebreaker. Uh, I brought my water up here because for some reason when you speak, it just pulls all the moisture out of your mouth. And uh, I don't know if that's nerves or why that happens. I need to look that up. Anyways, so tonight I am speaking on uh, sort of a heavy topic. And every time that I'm asked to do this, I deal with these thoughts. So I'm just going to share you how my brain works. Um, I deal with these thoughts of, Lord, I am speaking to seasoned Christian people. Uh, usually our crew here, our members here on Wednesday night are, are you know, you guys have been here from, some of you from the beginning when Nathan Cedar was first started at the, on the corner of Nathan Cedar in a teeny tiny church. Uh, I came along when I was 15, so I've been going to this church for 20, oh my, 22 years now. And so some of you, I've seen your face, you know, faces since I've been going here. So I know that I am sitting, I am here with people who have sat under some anointed preaching and who have sat under the anointed word of God that does not go out void. So I'm not speaking to people who are uneducated when it comes to the things of the Lord. And I believe that's why I am able to deliver such a heavy devotion tonight because I'm here with people who are praying people and who have been through the fire and who are mature enough to be able to pray this kind of prayer that we're going to pray at the end of this devotion. I'm going to be uh, speaking tonight on the spirit of Moloch. Has anybody ever heard of this before? Some, anybody at all? No? Okay. Well, good. You're going to learn. Okay, a couple people. Good. Then the rest of you are going to be learned just like I learned. I'd always, I had read about him in the Bible. I kind of knew what he was about, but I began to really study it, and um, it really struck fear in, into my heart, a good spiritual kind of fear that we need to recognize this spirit. So um, I feel like that this message is, is a devotion for this hour and this moment. I don't believe that anything happens by chance. I don't believe that Brother Randy just drew my name out of a bucket and, oh, it's Miranda's turn to speak. I believe that God ordains this and ordained you to be here because he knew that when it comes time for prayer that you will know how to pray and use the ammunition given to you to effectually and fervently uh, to give a blow to the enemy and to his purpose and his plan tonight. Amen? I believe that we are to learn as much as we can in life, I believe that knowledge is power. I believe that the more we learn and the more knowledge we have of God's word and the more knowledge we have of just life in general, now that I've become a nurse, when I go to pray for people, I just don't say, hey, pray. I don't pray, hey, God, heal their body, touch their body. I ask them, no, what specifically can I pray for? What's hurting you? Where specifically does it hurt? And I'm able to say, Lord Jesus, so-and-so is having gallbladder pain, and you know exactly how the gallbladder works because you designed it, and you created its function, and you created it to secrete this kind of bowel. And Lord, if there's stones in there, I pray that you would break up this calculi. And I know how to, to pray. Because I've, I've, have, I've gained this knowledge. So I want tonight to be knowledge that you're gaining so you know how to pray so that we're not just lobbing rocks at the enemy, but we are throwing darts. Precision, precise, specific prayer tonight uh, when we go into our prayer time and not just kind of 
throw in something general out there, but I want us to reach specifically into the spirit realm and uh, make some headway tonight. Amen? Are you guys with me? Amen. All that being said, I'm going to talk to you about a spirit. He's an evil spirit who has a name, and he's been working in the spiritual realm and afflicting the human race since the beginning. I want to give you, tell you who he is. When God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, he said, I want you to go to the promised land, the land of Canaan, uh, the land that flows with milk and honey. And the land of Canaan wasn't just the city of Canaan or how we have acres blotted, you know, blocked off, but it was several, it was a large land that had many different kinds of people living on it. And when God told them to go into this land, he said, I don't want you to just settle there and blend in with everybody. When you go, I want you to take all these people out. Wipe them out. Wipe them clean. We're going to start over in this land. Uh, he said, I don't want you to leave anything alive. Anything. No stone unturned, pretty much. Um, he ordered them. And you're going to have to forgive me. I'm using this Bible, a tiny, tiny text, and I am 37. And so tiny text is tiny text now. And it says, if I can find it. Well, I've lost my paper clip. There it is. And don't, don't let this be a distraction. It says, When the Lord God brings you into the land which you go to possess, he cast many nations before you, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, and seven nations which are greater and mightier than you. And when the Lord God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenants with them, nor show any mercy to them, nor shall you make marriages with them. You will not give your daughter to their son, nor take their daughters for your son, for they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. And so the anger of the Lord will be aroused against you and destroy you suddenly. This is how you should deal with them. You shall destroy all their altars, break down their sacred pillars, cut down their wooden images, and burn their carved images with fire because you are a holy people to the Lord your God. And the Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples of the face of the earth. He did not set his love on you or choose you because you were large in number than any other people or because you were the least of all people, but because the Lord loves you. And because he loves you, he will keep his oath, which he swore to your fathers. The Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out with his mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage and from Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So God gave very clear instructions. He was very specific to the people that they were not to intermarry with, that they were to destroy, that they were to eradicate and the thing about, you know, and at first I was like, God, why are we wiping all these people out? You know, you created all human beings. And everybody's special. You know, you love everybody. But then I started to read about the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Jebusites and all of those people. And these were people who did not believe in God. These were people who worshipped other gods. And the main god that they worship, and if you've 
uh, re, uh, Old Testament reader at all, you will see the name Molech appear, and you will see the name Baal appear. And sometimes these are the same. Sometimes Baal is referred to as a different god, uh, totally separate from Molech. But a lot of times, uh, if you do the research, they're one and the same. And the thing about Molech, and if you will go ahead and put that picture up there, Steve. The thing about Molech, oftentimes when he was personified as an idol, he was created as an idol out of metal, out of bronze. Um, then a large fire pit would be under his seat. Uh, there's also pictures that show it, uh, the fire in his belly of different uh, idols that were built. And I don't know if you can see, but Moloch, Baal, Molech, whatever you want to call him, was the only god in this land that required child sacrifice. And I started studying, Lord, well, you know, no wonder you wanted to get rid of the Canaanites and the Jebusites and all that stuff, you know, because they were very evil people. But the way, if you see, there's, the man is passing the baby to the arms of the statue. And what would happen is this statue would heat up to thousands of degrees, and these people, they would call it passing the child through fire. And they would literally take the babies and they, or children sometimes, you know, if they were a new convert to uh, Molech worship, they would take the children, they would lay them in the arms of the statue, which was thousands of degrees, and sit there and watch their child burn to death. That was the sacrifice to Molech. And if you look through your Old Testament, you can see where this practice and several times through the Old Testament in Leviticus, in 2 Kings, in 1 Kings, in uh, Chronicles, all through there, you will see different times where there's these waves of when there's, there's kings that worshiped Molech and Baal and then God would bring deliverance and there would be a king that would tear them all down and then sin would creep in again and then there would be worship. And so all throughout scripture, you can see all these verses where God is having to tell Israel, stop sacrificing your children. Which seems, and he even says in one verse in the New Living Translation, he says, you know I wouldn't do this. You know that I would never ask this of you. And, you know, and he, you know, he tells them, stop sacrificing their children, but this is the way that they would do it. They would either place the child directly in the fire as the worship of Molech progressed, or they would continue to place it in the arms of this uh, statue. The statue is often portrayed as a calf, as a cow. It's always some sort of oxen or something like that. It's always the head of an oxen as I looked up the different uh, pictures of there. So now you have a picture in your head of why God wanted them to wipe out these people and did not want them to intermarry with them. So I don't know if you've read in the Old Testament, the Israelites didn't listen. They intermarried with these people. They took the sons took their daughters as their wives. They didn't eradicate them like they were supposed to. And just like God said, their wives turned their sons to the worship of this God. The reason that the Canaanites and those people feared him the most was because they believed that as they sacrificed their child, that Molech would not curse them. It wasn't out of you know, what's he going to do? What's he not going to do? Okay, he's not going to strike me down. He's not going to curse my family. Uh, we're going to be prosperous and all that stuff. So it was very self-serving, uh, very selfish sacrifice. It was not an honor to the God, but it was a very self-serving, self-selfish sacrifice. 
So these were their thoughts as they were sacrificing their child, that it would save them from curses and, and help them be prosperous. The spirit of Moloch, like I said, has been working since the beginning, since the first, since Adam and Eve. He was there when Eve was being tempted, when the serpent was there tempting Eve. Molech literally means, when you translate it from the Hebrew, it means king of shame. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 25, it says, Adam and Eve were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. And if you skip down to chapter 3, verse 6, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and she ate. And she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. And the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. Then they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees of the garden. And down in verse 11, God asks them, Who told you that you were naked? So the spirit of Molech is not just a spirit that requires child sacrifice. It's not just a spirit that murders children physically. It is a spirit that attacks innocence. It is a spirit that murders innocence. And it is a spirit that attacks fruitfulness. So this spirit is very much alive and well today. As it came in the form of the serpent that tempted Eve with the apple, and once she, he got Eve to sin, then Eve got Adam to sin. Number one, it says they instantly realized that they were naked and they felt shame. They felt one of the things that God never intended for man to feel, and that was shame. Because the king of shame was present at that moment and knew that once they had sinned, that they would feel shamed. And suddenly they knew that they were naked. And the second thing I want you to notice is that when Eve caused Adam to sin as well, that that sin infiltrated the seed of the man. And you can't be, she, you know, the enemy knew. So in the beginning, God said, uh, when he created man, he says, I want them to go forth and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply is what God said. And when God speaks something, it goes out into eternity and resonates forever. When he commands something, it is so. So when he said, be fruitful and multiply, it was so there was no chance that Adam and Eve would not be fruitful and multiply, and then there would not be millions of human beings roaming the earth because God said it. And if he says it, it will happen, and it is so. So the enemy knew this. The enemy was there. The enemy heard God when he said, be fruitful and multiply. So the enemy was there. The king of shame was there, and he said, how can I infect their fruitfulness how can I stop their fruitfulness? So he thought by sin and bringing shame that he could stop their fruitfulness because when they realized they were naked, what did they do? They hid among the trees. And when you are hiding from God, are you productive? Are you fruitful? Hiding causes us to sit there and do nothing. 
We hide because we don't want to be found. And that's what God calls them to do in that, or that's what the enemy caused them to do. In that moment, they were hiding. They were not being fruitful. They were not being productive. And shame had driven them to a place of being paralyzed and not doing what God had asked them to do. Usually they're just walking in the garden. They're, do, they're working in their garden. They're doing what God had asked them to and commanded them to. But today, they weren't. And he had to say, where are you? Who told you you were naked? So, when Adam ate of the fruit and Adam sinned, at that moment, the spirit of Molech infiltrated the seed and he infected the fruitfulness from that point on. From that point on, it says we are all born into sin. And it is because of that spirit. He doesn't just attack babies or things physically he attacks spiritually he attacks innocent he murders innocence and he carries the covering of shame and he wants to stop fruitfulness because God commanded it you know he didn't say be fruitful you know and that and he didn't mean that as just be just have kids that's why he said and multiply if he meant fruitful to just mean bearing children, then he wouldn't have added be, you know, and multiply. But he said be fruitful and multiply. So we are to be fruitful in every aspect of our lives, our spiritual lives, our physical lives, in everything that we do. And I hope I get to my main point. Um, Molech shows up all throughout Scripture. He shows up in Exodus 1, 15 through 17, when Pharaoh ordered all of the Hebrew babies, baby boys, to be murdered. And at first he told, if you'll read uh, that passage in Exodus, he tells the Hebrew midwives to, because the Israelites were, if you're not familiar with the story, they were getting so many that Egypt was afraid that they were going to overturn, you know, and take over, and we're going to lose our slaves, and they're going to take us over, and so Pharaoh saw that they were, there was too many of them, so he wanted to stop their fruitfulness, and so he commanded the Hebrew midwives that when you see a boy child be born, when you see it be birthed, I want you to kill it as soon as it's born, and does that sound familiar today? That spirit is alive and well today. We have heard that recently, this year and last year, that is when the baby is born, you can kill it. When the baby is born, you can take its life. That same spirit was there coming out of the mouth of Pharaoh saying, when the child is born, take its life because I have to stop the fruitfulness. I have to stop the fruitfulness of God. I have to stop the fruitfulness of these people. Well, the Hebrew midwives didn't listen. And they told Pharaoh, they said, well, these Hebrews, you know, they're so uh, tough that they have these babies birthed before we even get there. And it says that God honored them for that. So then that's when Pharaoh ordered all of the babies, baby male, baby boys, uh, even the children to be thrown into the Nile River and drowned. And if you know the story, then you know that that's where Moses come from. I'm going to try to speed up because I feel like I'm going really slow. If you know the story, that's, that you know that Moses made it through. You know that he was put into a basket and sent down the river and that he became the uh, person who was meant to deliver the people of Israel out of the hand of Egypt. Because as we'll see 
Later in Matthew, in the New Testament, you'll see that the enemy, the spirit of Molech, tried to do the exact same thing with Jesus Christ. It says that Herod heard that a Messiah was to be born. The wise men come, and of course, they're well-to-do, so Herod invites them to the kingdom. And Herod said, you know, it was like, where are you guys going? Why are you coming across my land? And they said, well, we've heard that the Messiah, the king of the Jews, is going to be born. And feeling threatened by this, he's like, well, where is he going to be born? And they said, we don't know. We just know. It's the city of Bethlehem and uh, that the star is telling us there. And so anyways, then an angel comes, speaks to the wise men, say, you know, don't go back. Don't tell Herod where, where Jesus is. And so they don't. And this makes Herod really mad. And if you know the story, what does he do? He commands all the male children ages two and under to be murdered. And the, uh, it says that that was about 14,000 male children were murdered when he gave that decree. So I say all that to say the enemy knows that God has plans and that God has a plan set forth, but he never knows the full plan of God. He knows about that God is doing something. So that's why every time that he, Moloch, commands something for people to be murdered, it's never like, go get this person. It's never just go kill the baby Jesus, go kill Moses, because salvation and deliverance will be brought through them. It's go kill all the babies, because I don't know which one it is. He's never in on the specifics of God, and he never will be. So when you see the enemy attacking you from all sides, there's a reason that the Bible says he attacks from all sides, because he does not know God's word, he does not know God's plan, and we don't need to give him so much credit. Because if he's firing all the darts, it's because he doesn't know what he's doing. It's because he doesn't know what God is trying to do in your life. He just knows that God's trying to do something, and he's going to do whatever he can do to stop it. That was extra. Many kings through the Old Testament sacrificed children. And it wouldn't just be their child. It would be, they would call for children to be sacrificed because they thought it would prosper their kingdom. It would give them success in battle. It continues throughout the Old Testament. And then finally in the New Testament, Jesus. The enemy knows about God's plan, but never really knows God's plan. Molech appears when God is bringing deliverance and salvation, and when God is going to move mightily. I don't know if you notice, but delivering a nation from a nation is no small task. Saving the human race is no small task. Each time that these kings would, off, would have these mass sacrifices of children, somehow there would be a king slip through that would raise up and tear down every idol everything that they would worship because God had a plan and God had a purpose. And I'll bring it to today, just like I said earlier, that Molech, the spirit of Molech, is alive and well now. You can Google and pull up in .2 seconds. It actually tells you how fast it finds the answer. That 40 to 50 million babies are mutilated and aborted each year. And every single day, and I wish this was an exaggeration, and I can't believe that this is the time we live in, 125,000 babies are murdered every day. 
And I'm telling you about the spirit of Molech because I want us to throw the dart tonight. I don't want to just lob general prayers, but I want us to pray specifically against this spirit because let me tell you, he's not, he comes in the name of convenience. He comes in the name of making your life easier. He comes in the name of wisdom, just like he told uh, Eve that she would be wiser and she would be like God. He's deceitful and he's a liar as all dominions of Satan are. Every single day, 125,000 abortions. But that's not the scariest part. Is it sad? Yes. It is sad that that many innocents are murdered every day. And most of the time at the hand, just like in this picture, at the hand of their own parents for sake of convenience and for sake you know, I know there's lots of other reasons other than that, but it's mostly it's for the sake of, well, I'm not ready to have a baby right now, and it's just not time, and I just got stuff I want to do. This message is for this hour and this moment because Molech isn't just about physical murder of children, although he's having his way in that area. He reaches souls and murders innocence. He murders the innocence of our children, which I just read this story the other day, and I don't want to bring glory to anything like this, but I read this story on KVS 12 the other day of this teacher in Illinois who took to punish these little kids, I think they were in kindergarten or pre-K, I can't remember, very small children, to punish them, made them strip down out of their clothes and stand in a closet naked, and that was their punishment. And, we, and I know that that's not physical murder, but Moloch had his way that day. The king of shame had his way that day. And he has his way every day with children who are molested, with child pornography, homosexuality. How, how great a purpose of canceling out fruitfulness is his work there. And in minute ways that we call minute, that we allow through our televisions, as we broadcast deviance, sexual deviance, nudity, homosexuality, lust, sadism, masochism, comes into our homes as entertainment. And we let our children see it. It's not real, so it's not that big a deal. Molech is alive and well. He's had to be a little more subtle these days because the word has increased and knowledge has increased. So I hope, like us, that there are more than just us that are aware of his existence and are praying and are fighting against him. When these children... And I don't know if you know anybody that's been abused or had been raped or had shame heaped on them. From that point on in their life, these children are murdered of their innocence. They become broken. They become disabled in their spirits. They're covered in shame. For some reason, they think that it's their fault and the shame is on them instead of on their abuser. 
And they most often hide from God, which disables them from being productive and being fruitful. Most often, they cannot believe in the love of a father. Therefore, their fruitfulness in the kingdom of God is destroyed. Molech, to remind you again, is a murderer of the innocent. And I'm not just talking about children. What is he murdering in your life? What are you offering to him in your own life? How can we get him out of our lives? He's having rule and reign, and his spirit is very real. And I have had so much trouble with this message, and I'm not over-spiritualizing or saying that I'm super spiritual, but you just don't even know the trouble that I've had getting to this moment. Because he never wants us to recognize him. He never wants us to call him out. He never wants to be exposed, and he sure doesn't want us praying against him. But that's why I'm talking about this tonight, and we're going to come pray. And we're going to pray against the Spirit, and we're going to call him by name. He's been given a name. And we're going to call him by name, and we're going to rebuke in the name of Jesus. And now, and the thing about when you hear the Scripture, when you hear the Word of God, when the Bible says it doesn't go out void, it's because we're supposed to do something with it. So now that you've heard this message, and this is convicting on my own heart, now that I've heard this message, what am I going to do? Am I going to keep praying? Am I going to throw the dart? And am I going to pray specifically? And am I going to pray with precision? Because now we're accountable. And now we're responsible spiritually. We're responsible for every child that walks through that door, every child in our community, every child in our world because of our relationship with God Almighty. I know this is not, this is a heavy message. It's not fluff because I know I'm speaking to mature Christian people who have sat under the same teaching as I have and it's, and it's time tonight, I want us to pray specifically. Pray for the murder of innocent children to stop. We, it can stop. We don't have to just accept it as everyday life. It's just what happens because there's sin in the world. We can pray for it to stop. Just like when kings rose up and they would tear down the, they would tear down the idols. And for that season, there were no babies murdered. There were no children burnt in the arms of Molech. Because that is eventually his goal, is suffering and murder and burning in, in the pits of hell. That's where he wants them. So I would invite you all to come tonight and pray with me against this spirit, specifically, because he is working and he's moving. But our God is so much bigger and he's so much stronger. And we need to put into action the blood of Jesus against this spirit. Amen. Father God, we come to you tonight. Lord, I, I quote scripture, I quote your word when I say, when two or three are gathered in your midst, that you are there and end if 
one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight, then we are here in multitudes tonight coming to call out to you, to ask for you to go to war in the heavenlies, in the spiritual realm against the spirit of Molech, God. Lord, who has infiltrated our homes, who has infiltrated our community, our country, our world. And God, we stand here before you, Lord, asking for forgiveness for what we've allowed and what we've handed to the arms of Molech, God, and what we've sacrificed to him unknowingly because we didn't recognize him, because he hadn't been exposed. But God, we have exposed him tonight, and Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes, as ugly as it is to look upon, open our eyes to see him at work and what he's doing and to stop his plan Help us to not stand by with naivety, Lord, and ignorance. But God, now we are aware and we have knowledge and we can pray specifically for this spirit to be bound up and cast into the pits of hell and to no longer have rule and reign among your people, God, but that you would be the only king forever, the only king who rules and reigns in the spiritual realm, and that, God, you would be most of all victorious against this spirit, Lord, that we don't have to accept that babies being murdered God every day and your heart is torn and wrenched as you see it God that we don't have to accept that as normal and forgive us Lord for our being passive forgive us Lord for not being burdened Lord forgive us God for not seeking your face at the first sight of it Lord but Lord I know God that as we pray and as we fast and as we seek your face that we can see Lord we can see advances in the kingdom of God for you are great and you are mighty and you are worthy to be praised there is no one like you God Lord you said that you are mighty and you are terrible God and we believe it and we pray that you would be mighty and terrible again the enemy and gets the spirit of Molech tonight, God. I pray for every child, Lord, who has ever had their innocence murdered. I pray, dear Lord, that you would reach inside of them, God, and that you would remove every ounce of shame off of them, and that the king of shame would not rule and reign in their lives anymore, but they would find healing and deliverance in the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that they would recognize you as the God that loves them, the God who wishes to deliver them, the God who wants them to be fruitful, Lord, in the kingdom of God, the God who wants them, Lord, to be in heaven, the God who wants to see them saved, Lord Jesus. God, I pray to Lord that everywhere we go, you would help us to recognize the spirit and rebuke it in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, under no other name, Lord, do we have power to cast out demons? Do we have power to cause principalities and powers to flee? But we say the name of Jesus Christ, under full authority of his blood, under full authority of his salvation, under full authority of the kingdom of heaven, for he said that we are adopted as his children. I come before you with full authority through the bloodline of Jesus and as a daughter of the Most High King, saying that the spirit of Molech is not welcome here. It's not welcome in this church. It's not welcome in our homes. And it's not welcome in our communities. And we cast it out in the name of Jesus. We cast it as far as the east is from the west. That it will have no power, no place, no purpose here. That it would not be able to function because the power of the Holy Spirit is in this place. That when, it, that when we come through the door, that the spirit would not be welcome here. That God, because of your spirit, Lord, that it would 
run to the to the farthest land away, dear God. Lord Jesus, we pray against it, God. We pray against it, Lord. God, we ask that it would be broken, that it would be tear down. Lord, we tear down the idols in the name of Jesus. We tear down, Lord, we tear down the temples, Lord, that have been er eradicated for this this spirit, God. And we pray, dear Lord Jesus, that every heart would bow before you and worship the one true God, that our worship would be for only you, our creator, our savior, our redeemer, God, our deliverer. Lord, I pray, dear God, Lord, that you would wipe it out, God, that you would eradicate it, Lord. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would stir it up in us a boldness and a courage and a faith, Lord, that we would not fear what the enemy is going to do, but we would be able to prophesy. Lord, we would be able to see your kingdom come and see these spirits run away, Lord, just like when you spoke to Legion and it ran into the pigs, dear God, and it was destroyed. We pray the same thing tonight because we have recognized it by its name, and we pray, Lord Jesus, for it to be cast off. Lord, because the same power that rose you from the grave lives in us and we speak and we pray tonight under that same power, under that same spirit, God, Lord Jesus, that we are not just vessels that walk among on this earth, Lord, for your pleasure, but we are an army. We are warriors. We are here to fight for you, God. We are here to fight with you, Lord. We are here to speak into the realms of the spirit and we are here to see changes and we are here to see them move, dear God. I pray, dear Lord Jesus, that you would heal every heart that's been affected by this spirit. Lord, every wound that he's left, every time when he has rendered someone unfruitful, God, I pray that you would, in a spiritual sense, open up their womb, open up their spirit, God, so they can be fruitful for your kingdom so that they can see your mighty works moving in their life, God, and recognize who you are instead of this spirit at work in their life, Lord. You have called us to greater things, and you have called us to be victorious. You said we are the head and not the tail, and you have made us more than conquerors. And tonight we more than conquer this enemy, but Lord, we want to see him destroyed and removed forever and for all of eternity from our lives, Lord Jesus. I pray from this moment that you would hold us accountable, that you would help us to remember this name and this message, God, so we can call out to you and we can continue the fight, Lord. Lord Jesus, not just on this day and in this moment, but from every day here on out, let us remember that we are fighting a spiritual battle and let us not hang up our, arm, our armor at the door, but let us take it with us to our homes and know that we are to fight the battle there and we are to fight the battle everywhere outside of this building. God, keep our loins girded up, God. Keep our breastplates in place. Lord, keep our helmets in place and let us be ready for battle with the sword of the Spirit and your word, God. Let it be sharper than any two-edged sword, Lord. Let it pierce into the heart of the enemy. And let us see victory, Lord. We pray that you would move. We trust that you are going to move.
and we know that you answer prayer and we stand upon it faith believing that you are moving on behalf of us right now. We are standing physically in this room, God, but our spirits are going to battle, Lord. We are standing physically in this room, God, standing still with our heads bowed to you, Lord, and our voices raised to you, but in the spirits, let us go forth and fight, dear God. Let us war, Lord Jesus. Let us not be weary, God, but let us know how to fight and use your word against the enemy, Lord. Father, I don't want to see it to keep repeating throughout history as it has because he's not been recognized and he's not been called out. But Lord, I pray, dear God, from this point on, let with this group of people, let there be change and let there be, let us see a difference, Lord, in the spiritual realm. Let us see the ripples of your Holy Spirit from this moment, God. Let us see the effectiveness, Lord, from this moment and this time when this people gathers together and stand before you you and pray. We worship you, almighty God. And we thank you, Lord, that you fight with this and you fight for us, Lord. And I pray for your protection over this body and over these people from this spirit, God. He's so cunning and he's so smooth and he's a liar. And Lord, help us to recognize him and cast him back away where he belongs. We give you all the glory and honor, God, for you alone are worthy of our worship. You alone are worthy of our sacrifice of praise and worship. Tear down every idol in our lives, God. Every spirit that would try to raise its ugly head and have dominion in our lives, Lord, Give us eyes to see and recognize them, God. Help us to recognize them so that we're not deceived, O oh Lord. We thank you, Jesus.